The Productive Woman, Episode 132. Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan, and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thanks for joining me. In this episode, we will be talking about how to manage multiple projects and the tasks that go with them. You'll find links and additional information in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 132. So we recently did a mini-series that I called Dream to Done, where we talked about the process or a process for turning dreams into goals and then accomplishing them. That mini-series led to some really interesting conversations in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. And one of the most common comments that came up in the discussions about the series, and a topic that uh, honestly often comes up in productive woman mastermind groups and in, in coaching calls, is the challenge of managing multiple projects and their associated tasks all going on at the same time, what I affectionately refer to as hurting the cats. Very few of us these days have only one role in life or, for that matter, one project going on at a time. At at a minimum, many of us have a work project or, or two or more work projects going on, you know, related to our profession, and then other projects related to our home, our family, personal projects. Uh, If we're students, we've got those kinds of things going on. So many of us are facing at any given time two or more projects that we're trying to manage and make sure that we keep the ball moving down the field, so to speak. So as I thought about these uh, these discussions that happened in the Facebook group, I thought I would go into this a little bit and share some of the ideas that I have, the approaches that I use, and the tools that can be helpful in keeping track of and making progress on multiple projects. This won't be a comprehensive, you know, ABCD of all of this, but um, because that would be a two-hour-long episode, and I don't, I don't want to record that, and I don't think you want to listen to it. Uh, but we'll cover the basics here, or what I think of as the basics of trying to manage multiple projects at the same time. And there are some, you know, basic principles that go along with that. The first one is to have a system in place for capturing all the projects, tasks ideas, notes, and resources, one place where you can go uh, where you find everything that's related to the project or projects that you're working on. And there's a variation on that, and this is one that I experience. If your work and personal life are clearly divided, meaning you only work on work at the office and you don't do personal stuff there and vice versa, You can and sometimes have to use a separate tool for each. For instance, I do this because I've used OmniFocus for many years. Uh, It's a very robust project management tool, and that's what I use for the most part, but it's Mac only. I've talked about this on past episodes, and I have to use a Windows-based PC at my law office. So ultimately, I decided for a number of reasons to use a separate task management tool at work and uh, OmniFocus for everything else. But the basic principle here is to have a system in place for capturing everything, one place you can go to to find everything you need related to that project. 
The second is to develop a routine for planning, reviewing, and monitoring your projects. The third is to develop a schedule for actually doing the stuff. And the fourth is to be absolutely religious about using the system that you've set up, being very disciplined and uh, always using it. And we'll talk a little bit about why. So let's start out with talking a little bit about the system, having a system in place for capturing your projects and everything associated with them. I've talked about task management tools in the past. Um, For instance, I think in episodes 30 and 65, we talked about options for task management. And what we're talking about here is a little bigger than just a to-do list. As we talked in a, a recent episode, there's a difference between a project and a task. A project has multiple tasks that go with it. And if you don't have a lot of projects or you just have one project, a simple to-do list probably will will work for you. But if you're trying to manage multiple projects and all the different kinds of tasks that go with it, you need something a little bit more intentional, a little bit more robust. And so... Uh, As always, and again, I'll refer you back to episodes 30 and um, 65 where I talked about different options. Um, There, you can go paper, you can go digital, and it depends, you know, what you prefer and and all of that. But let's start with if you prefer to use a paper based project management system. There are a number of ways you can do that. Say you have a notebook, you can set it up with a separate section or page for each project. And all tasks, all notes, all reference lists, everything goes into that section or on that page, however you want to set it up. You could color code your entries or your types of tasks. So either different colors for different projects, or say if you wanted to do it by types of tasks so you can at a glance know what kinds of things you need to be doing, you could use different colors for, say, phone calls, meetings, errands, notes, or something like that. It may work depending on how uh, complicated your projects are or how many of them you have, but the system could fall apart. If you're on the go, you need to add a note or a task or something to it, and you don't have the right color of pen with you. So a better alternative, perhaps, would be to use something called, uh, that in the bullet journaling community, they refer to as signifiers. So for instance, a, a an appointment has a little circle in front of it. A task has a dot or a checkbox. And a note, just something that you're making a note of for information, has a dash in front of it. Something like that. But having a system, and I'll, I'll try and find a, a, an example of something like that to put a link in the show notes so you can see what I'm talking about. The idea is to be able to have a comprehensive list of everything that, that needs to be done, but maybe be able to quickly identify certain types of things. You can create your own system or symbols for that, but just be consistent about using it. And you might consider putting a key at the beginning of your notebook uh, so you can remind yourself what colors or symbols you decided to use for each kind of task. And so that's kind of a, a, a real simple, brief explanation of how you could set up a notebook or a paper planner to work for multiple projects at a time. Uh, As I was preparing for this episode, I actually saw a tweet by our former guest, Lisa Woodruff, 
um, who uh, she had a, a link to a blog post that details her approach for organizing a lot of projects and tasks using color-coded post-it notes or index cards and a big bulletin board. Uh, you could use a wall or a whiteboard to hold them as well. And, and I really thought it was such a great approach for visual thinkers. And I'll put a link to her post in the show notes for this episode, which again, you're going to find the show notes for this episode by going to theproductivewoman.com slash 132. And I'll have a link to Lisa's post. I just, I thought it was a really useful, especially for, for those of us who are visual thinkers, um, her system looked really, really helpful. As a side thing, what I was talking about above is mostly for capturing the tasks and the projects and all of that. You also need a place to capture any papers that are related to whatever your projects are, reference materials, notes from a meeting, things like that. If if you're doing all this by paper, a uh, couple ways you can do that is maybe if your notebook that you're using as a planner uh, will accommodate it, you know, you can get those pocket dividers to put and put one in each section so that you can put the relevant notes for each project right there in that section. If your planner that you're using doesn't accommodate that, then just a set of simple file folders that you can have on your desk to capture everything. You're going to hear me repeating this more than once, talking about the importance of capturing everything that relates to your project. So again, that's just the highlights of how you could use a paper planner to, um, to manage multiple projects. If the system you prefer to use is digital, then it's a similar theory, but it's worked out kind of differently. I use digital because things move forward automatically. There's no need to rewrite them on a new page when you filled it. And because I can sort and view them in different ways depending on what I need at the moment. But the basic concept is the same whether you're using paper or or digital. You start out by setting in your digital planner uh, an overall project for each project. So most digital task managers allow you to set up categories so that if you want and if you have a lot of projects that come and go, you can divide them up by categories. So I use, I have a category in OmniFocus for home for work, for the productive woman, for writing, and for personal. That may be more categories than I need, but it works for me. I'm a big fan of being as simple as you can, but as uh, robust as you need to be. But you start out by setting up a project. So if you're, you know, remodeling your house is one of your projects, then you would have a remodel house project set up in your digital task manager. If you have a project we talked about on the previous lesson, planning family vacation, okay, you'll have a project called plan family vacation. As we talked about before, that's not a task, that's a project. So you set that up in your task manager. Whatever they are, you set up each project. Beneath that, you're going to have the various tasks that go with that project. And I am a big fan of using tags. Uh, Most digital task managers allow you to, to tag your tasks in various ways that you can define. A lot of people use tags for contexts. So... You can find other different ways of identifying and sorting your tasks. It lets you view them in different ways, and I'll talk about that in just a minute. So maybe you want to use uh, tags for 
where you need to be or a tool you need to use to complete the task. So you might have a tag for phone, for online, for office, for errand, uh, you know, any place that you typically do a certain types of tasks, maybe you'll use as a tag. Another example of a kind of tag you could use would be the amount of time you have available or your energy level. But I would say don't get too granular. I I use this more in my the digital task manager that I use at my law office, which right now is Todoist, because it integrates with Outlook. And so I have a time tag, and I only have, I have four of them, five minute, 15 minute, 30 minutes, and an hour. And so most tasks that I put on my list, I will just very quickly kind of eyeball and tag it with one of those. If it's something that can be done very, very quickly, but I can't do it right then, I'll tag it with five minutes. If it's a little more than that, you know, I'll tag it with 15 minutes or 30 minutes. Anything that's more than 30 minutes, I tag it with an hour. And I know in my head that hour may not be precise, that the project or the task may actually take two hours if it's, you know, drafting a contract or something like that. But just it kind of puts them into buckets. For energy, I have low energy, which is things you can do when I can do when I'm tired or distracted, and focus, things that need my best focus. So those are the only energy-related tags that I have. Another kind of tag you could use would be a person whose input you need. If you often in a particular project or series of projects, there is a certain person that you need to consult with or that you need to work with on it, you could create a tag for, for that person, whether it's your spouse, your boss, your assistant, or a particular client. Um, anything that you need to talk with them about or get their input on for would get tagged with that. One of the nice things about using tags as opposed to categories is in most cases with these digital task managers, you can assign more than one tag to a given task. So maybe you have a, a task that is, it's a phone call, it's probably going to take 30 minutes, it, but it's something you can do with low energy and it involves your a client. You could tag with all of those things. What that does, and I, and, and I want to back up and say, don't get too carried away with making too many tags and you can spend a lot of time fiddling with the system and have it not be very useful. The purpose of tags is to allow you to sort your tasks in a way that's meaningful to you. So uh, using the tags lets you view them in various ways. So say you have uh you know, you've got some time, you're going to make phone calls. Well, you can click on the phone tag to get a list of every task, no matter what project it goes to, that involves a phone call. You can see them all and you can start making all those calls at once, which is, you know, a very efficient way to work. Um, Say you're going to a town to run errands. You can click on the errands tag to get a list of all the things that you have marked as something that involves you going somewhere to, you know, whether it's to a store or to drop something off or whatever, whatever project it's assigned to. Now you have all your errands. You can plan your route to be most efficient and get all those errands run at the same time instead of running out to go to the grocery store, coming back and realize, okay, well, now I'm looking at my task list. I needed to pick up the dry cleaning and I got to go to the post office to mail this package. Uh, And so now you have to go out a second time. 
So again, it's an efficiency thing. Maybe you're meeting with your boss and you've set up a tag with your boss's name or just the word boss. Now you click on the boss tag and you get all the tasks that involve uh, needing your boss's input and you can talk with her about all those things during that meeting. Say you have 15 minutes between meetings or a conference call canceled so you have an unexpected 30 minutes free. Then you click on that time tag to see what things do you need to do that can be get completed in the amount of time that you suddenly have available. Another way of looking at things, for me, I, I kind of have a slump usually in the late afternoon. I just feel tired and distracted, and we can talk separately about how to address that. But say you're in that situation, but you need to do something. you got to make some progress. Well, you can click on that low energy tag to see what tasks do you have in whatever projects are in your task manager that what, what tasks need to be done that you can do when you're not at your best. And, and you can choose one of those to work on. So, you know, you're not doing your, your really serious brain work, but you're getting something done that needed to get done instead of frittering it away, um, looking on Facebook. Or maybe you have now scheduled a, and we'll talk about time blocking another time, but say you've scheduled a two-hour block of time to work on your projects. Instead of just, you know, frittering that two hours away on whatever random tasks catch your attention, you can click that focus tag to see what tasks do you have on your list that really require your focused attention and choose one of those to spend that good chunk of time on. So that's a way of, or, or, or some of the tips that I can offer to use your digital task manager to manage multiple tasks. It, it really goes to how you can look at the tasks uh, across projects and how you can sort them. If, if you want to focus on a particular project, then you click on that project and you look at what tasks are under that list or under that project list to get done and spend your time on that. Paperworks, and I, I love using paper, and I, I've talked about how I use my bullet journal, but for me, um, using a, a digital task manager works better when I, because I have several different projects going. It gives me different ways to look at them and get focused and make the progress that I need. The bottom line is whether you're using a paper-based or a digital system, you want it to be as simple as possible, uh, but as robust or detailed as necessary. The idea is not to spend a lot of time fiddling with the tools, but to have what you need available when you need it, spend as little time as possible in the system, and most of your time actually doing the work. So that's the step of having a system in place to capture everything. Then there, there is the need to have a routine for planning and reviewing and monitoring. So the approach I use... Um, starts with the understanding that when you have multiple projects or projects with multiple moving parts, it becomes even more important to be very intentional about the system, to be uh, dedicated to have regular planning and reviewing times. That's the key. First of all, putting everything in there, and we'll talk in a minute about why that's so important, but getting everything in there and then have regular planning and reviewing times. And so I would suggest each afternoon before you leave work or each evening before you go to bed, depending on what we're talking about here, spend 10 minutes or so scanning your lists, 
marking off the things that have been completed, check for upcoming deadlines, and determine what must be done tomorrow and what's the one thing that you'll start with when you start work the next day. Uh, So that's your evening. Maybe a, a midday pause to check the status and progress, to recalibrate, spend maybe 10 minutes there scanning the lists again, marking off things that have been completed, check for progress, and confirm that you're focusing on the right things. Doing that somewhere, you know, like right before, right after lunch gives you the opportunity to kind of recalibrate and adjust if you're maybe uh, things have changed and you need to change your focus for the day. And then a weekly review of from 30 to 60 minutes where you take the time to check all of your projects. The the evening and the midday reviews are just a quick scan of, you know, scan the list, see what's on there, what can you check off that you've done, what do you need to focus on next. But the weekly review is more thorough, more purposeful, where you take the time to check every project, mark off anything that's been completed that you didn't mark off before, reevaluate what's left, decide whether eat look at each item and say, should do I still need to do this? Or, well, does it still need to be done? If not, delete it. Does it need to be done by me? If not, delegate it. Does it need to be done right now? If not, defer it. Uh, you know, so go through that process. Is there anything that needs to be added to any of the project lists? Confirm your priorities and check those deadlines and really think about what's on there. And then look at your calendar and make appointments with yourself and with others as, as necessary for the deep work that you need to do. Those are the appointments with yourself and appointments with others for any meetings that you necessarily have to have in order to make progress on your your projects. That that can happen at any time. If you're talking about work, you know, a day job, so to speak, maybe that weekly review happens, you know, mid-afternoon Friday. After lunch, when you come back, before you dig into any more work, you take the, uh, you schedule out that 30 to 60 minutes to go over all your projects, everything that you're working on, uh, get up to date, make necessary plans for the coming week. If it's for um, you know, just life in general. I like to do it Sunday afternoons, uh, and I'll sit down and go through this and kind of make my plan for the week. And it helps me to look at my both my work and my personal calendar and think, okay, well, on Wednesday, I've got a meeting with a client, so I need to make sure I wear a suit or, you know, whatever. Make sure that you have everything ready to go. But it's very important to do this uh, anyway, but especially if you've got multiple projects going. In addition, if you have a team or an assistant that you work with, schedule regular check-ins. And depending on the scope and or timing uh, or, or timing of the projects, uh, you may want to have meetings weekly or even daily. But don't have meetings just for the sake of meetings. Have the have a plan and a purpose each time you meet. Keep them as short as possible. Because the idea isn't to have meetings, it's to get progress made, it's to do the work, right? And so you want to keep them as short as possible, have a purpose for them. Uh, consider stand-up meetings. Uh, a lot of companies have gone to that where they'll uh, an assistant and a boss or a team will meet just standing up the whole time and that keeps them short or go for a walk. Um, one example is I'm working with one of my clients at the law office 
on a series of transactions that involve multiple people in different divisions and different locations and lots of moving parts. And so uh, we scheduled a standing meeting at a specific time every Friday morning to with everybody on that's involved for an update on the status, to allow people to ask questions about issues that have arisen, to plan the next steps. It's planned, it's a standing meeting, so it's on our calendar and we can schedule around it. But if there's if it gets to Thursday and there's nothing really new to report or to discuss, that meeting gets canceled. Uh, and that means I've got an extra hour on that Friday morning that I can focus on other things. Um, so again, meetings can be valuable and important. And if you've got a, a big, complicated project, scheduling a standing meeting can be a worthwhile thing, but be prepared to cancel it if there's no reason to meet that particular week. Consider shared tools for tracking projects and tasks when you've got a team or an assistant. If you're all in the same location, you can have a big whiteboard in a conference room where everything gets put on there. But if some or all of the team members are working remotely, consider something like Trello or Asana, which is a very visual project and task manager, um, That, and I'll put links in the show notes where you can find these. Um, either way, having some kind of shared tool lets everybody see who's responsible for what, what's coming up next, what's gotten done, and how it's progressing. If I was setting up a project for a team right now, I would get everyone on certain shared tools, probably something like Slack for communication, which helps you keep everything in one place instead of sending emails back and forth um, that might or might not be accessible to other people on the team who need to see it. So something like that, something like Slack, something like Trello or Asana for tracking, monitoring, and assigning tasks, and a shared Dropbox folder for sharing documents and resources, or perhaps Google Docs if the project involved collaboration on one or more documents. If you've got a document where, where uh, you know, a report that different people need to be preparing different parts on, Google Docs is a great tool for that because you can, more than one person can be in the document all at the same time um, and you can see each other working. So again, I'm going to talk more about this in future episodes, but I wanted to kind of give a a high-level view of some of the things that you can do when you've got multiple projects going on, some tools that are available and an approach. The important thing is to be consistent and disciplined. You've got to put everything in that system. Whatever system you've created, whether it's a paper notebook or a digital system, if you're inconsistent, your mind will not let go of things. It will use precious energy trying to remember things, uh, which is energy that can't be used for creative thinking or problem solving. You want your mind to be able to to trust that everything relevant to that project has been captured into your system and that you have a time set aside to go back and look at it so nothing gets lost or forgotten. Um, So again, this is a quick recap because I don't want this to be an hour and a half long episode. Uh, I'm going to just leave it at this high level. Um, Have a system in place for capturing your projects and all the tasks, ideas, notes, and resources that go with it. Develop a routine for planning, reviewing, and monitoring that project. Develop a schedule for doing the stuff. Get it on your schedule uh, time to do those things and be consistent and disciplined about using the system. 
But before we go, I do want to give one caveat. All of this is not about uh, being productivity is not about doing more stuff. It's about doing the right stuff. And creating a good system for managing projects isn't an invitation to take on tons of projects. Just because your system can manage a lot of projects doesn't mean you should take on more. You still need to make choices about what to take on based on whatever criteria you find are important to you, your values, the kind of life you want to live. And I, I can't emphasize that enough. I, I'm going to be talking in an in a upcoming episode about a book that has been very influential in my thinking about productivity. And I've been rereading it again in preparation for that. And it has just reinforced for me the importance of really paying attention to what is the most important thing to you. What What are your values and are you creating your life around those values and those priorities or are you just doing stuff because it presents itself to you? If you're overwhelmed or too busy, it might not be that your system can't handle the number of projects that you have. Maybe your system will handle it just fine. You might just be trying to do too much. If the objective is to make a life that matters, however you define that, We need to consider the concept that we've learned from the book Essentialism, Greg McKeon's book that we we talked about a while back, less but better. It's better to give your best time, attention, energy, and efforts to fewer projects than to spread yourself too thinly among many. And the purpose of having a good project management system is not to allow you to take on more and more and more and more and more. It's to make sure that you give your very best to the projects you choose, those things that really matter to you, and to allow you to be efficient in your work, not spin your wheels and waste time trying to find information or remember what to do. And by being efficient, you create white space in your life, time to enjoy the life that you're living. And the purpose is not to let you cram more into your days. And I'm, I'm saying this to myself as well as to you as I'm recording this. Um, you know, while I was working on the outline for this episode, I got an e-newsletter from a physician, Karash Dini, linking to his blog post and a video about part of his process for managing multiple projects with various deadlines. And I'll, he uses OmniFocus, but I'll, I'll, um, I'll put a link in the show notes for this because I thought it was really interesting. He talks about scheduling the start time for a project, and he shares the tools he uses to do that. Um, He recommends having no more than three active projects at any given time so that if a new project comes up, something else needs to be put on hold. And he evaluates the due date for each new project, estimates how much time he needs to complete it, adds a cushion, and then sets a start date to really begin focusing on it. If you've done that and you've captured the relevant data in your trusted system, as we've talked about uh, in this episode, you don't then need to use any brain power remembering it or even consciously thinking about it until your task management tool alerts you that that predetermined start date has arrived. So just something to think about, and again, I'll have a link in the show notes for this. So what do you think? Do you have more questions about managing multiple projects? I'd like to get into this a little deeper and maybe into the different pieces of it in future episodes, but I want to make sure it's useful to you and interesting to you. 
Um, so if you have questions or specific areas of managing multiple projects that you would like help with, um, send me an email, share your thoughts in the comments section below at this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 132. Or, you know, if you're really good at it, share the tools and the systems that you use. You can do that in the same place. You can, uh, if you want to share those thoughts publicly, you can put it in the comments section of the show notes. One more time, that's at theproductivewoman.com slash 132. Or you can post a comment or question um, on the Facebook page or in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. If you'd like to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. I do love hearing from you. I want to invite you once again to help me spread the word and tell your friends about The Productive Woman. Show them how to subscribe. And if you haven't done so before, you can consider leaving a review in iTunes. I want to real quick say a special thank you to uh, Me 125 from the United States who recently uh, shared a very kind review in iTunes and said, everyone, women and men should take the time to listen to this podcast series. I love picking a series and listening as I'm getting ready for work. Great way to start off your productive day. So thank you very much, Peachy125. I appreciate it. Um, if you would like some help in working through this process or setting up a system for managing your work, family, and personal projects, I would love to help you. And there are a couple of ways that we can do that. You could consider scheduling a one-on-one coaching session with me. This is a new service. I've just started mentioning it on a couple of recent episodes. Uh, Something new I'm offering in addition to the mastermind groups. I haven't yet updated the work with me page with all the details about this. At least as I'm recording this, I haven't. If so, check out the work with me page. If it's not there, um, you can email me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com and I'll be happy to give you some information about the options and the pricing and so on. And uh, if you'd like to work with a group of motivated women who are developing their own strategies for making a life that matters, including managing projects, consider joining us in a Productive Woman Mastermind group. Uh, I'll be starting new groups forming them now as uh, for the groups that will start meeting the first week of May. And I'll be talking more about that in upcoming episodes. But if you want more information, check out the work with me page at theproductivewoman.com slash mastermind. That's where you'll find more information, some short audio testimonials from past and current masterminders, and a link to the short online application. I would love to hear from you and I'd love to have a chance to work with you. And in the meantime, that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. I hope it was helpful. I I really appreciate you spending this time with me. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.